I, I am 65 years old, um, and my granddaughter, Tori, 14 years old, thinks I'm really old. Uh, our our much-revered uh, Dr. David Baradin, I'm, I'm young to Dr. Baradin, however. I'm married almost 44 years to my bride of Deborah Lugene Horton. Uh, we are not rookies any longer in the marriage game. Uh, I'm father of three, or father of four, actually, I should say, three living. One was a miscarriage that Debbie had between uh, Beth and Becky, and we're, uh, we're just delighted in, in our children. And then, did you know that I was a grandfather? I, I think probably you knew that. I'm the proud grandfather of seven, and maybe you need to be reminded about who they are, if we can have the pictures come up on the screen. Here's, here's my strope crew with uh, little Reagan being our new bundle of joy, who we've only really been able to admire from a distance. And uh, we, we certainly love them. And then, then here's the Jeffords gang, and, uh, and then here's all seven of them gathered on Christmas uh, morning at our house this past Christmas. And uh, I think you know, pro- probably like any grandpa, uh, we, we love our children. We really love our grandchildren. And if I'd known it was so much fun, I've often said I would have just skipped right to the grandparenting. But you can't have the pleasure without the pain. So I, I know that's where we are at. Uh, I want you to know that I, uh, my best days are past, but they're not done. Uh, there are times where I'm rather wistful, uh, where wistfulness fills my mind. Wistful is defined as a vague feeling of regret or longing. I've often thought, if only. If only I had made some different decisions. What if I had taken road B instead of road A? Uh, What would I change from my past as a son, as a husband, as a dad, as a believer, as a pastor? Uh, Do I see who I am, where God has placed me, uh, the gifts he has given me, the, the path that he has sent me? Do I see that as good? If I were to die unexpectedly and you were to evaluate my life, uh, what is the value and content of that life? Uh, is there any lasting impact of my life upon those closest to me, my, my wife and my children, my, my grandchildren, and obviously our church family? Am I satisfied with God's care, His leadership, and His provision in my life? And I think to basically ask the essence of the question, has God's, been, has God's will been good for me. If you have a Bible, or maybe just from memory, you can reflect upon this. I'll look at three primary texts today. The first is a very general but important text, and that is Romans 12, 2, to help us understand that God's will is good. And of course, you know that text of Scripture, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And Be not conformed to this age, but rather be transformed by renewing your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When you look at this text, you have to really first ask yourself the question, what does Paul mean here when he speaks of the will of God? Some would say, well, this is his decretive will, uh, but that's not really 
what he's talking about here. The decretive will is the will of God, which inevitably happens according to his eternal purposes and counsel. And we really don't know that will until it either happens in the moment or we're looking in the rearview mirror and we see what God has worked out in the course of not only our life, but the lives of other people around us. This rather would be the will of God that is preceptive. That is, this speaks more about the command of God. It speaks about the will of God that is the revelation of God to us. It re represents his moral being and is communicated in his statements of truth. God is good and therefore every one of his statements, every one of his edicts, every one of his purposes uh, communicated in his word are in fact good. The text says that we examine or we approve. Uh, the word there uh, literally means to test or to find or determine to make a trial of and discover in fact that the will of God and we might even substitute the word of God is good, acceptable and perfect. And so you find those three adjectival descriptions there. It is good. It has a positive moral quality. It is acceptable. It's well-pleasing to God. And it's perfect. It's not lacking in any moral quality. So we build a life through faith in the gospel of Christ. And we trust Christ. We follow Christ as directed by the word of God. We determine, we make the estimation of what is and always has been true. That God's will is indeed good, acceptable, and perfect. So then with a family focus today, then let's look at the family as divinely ordered is good. Proverbs 18, 22, I've often used in wedding ceremonies. And I, this morning, early today, as I was finally, at the last minute, preparing Debbie's uh, Mother's Day card, I wrote this verse out. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The good here is literally some, something that's merry or pleasant. It's desirable. There's benefit. It's to my welfare. One translator of the Hebrew said, literally, he finds a wife, he finds good. It's not so much a good thing we receive. Rather, it's the essence of good that is received in the provision of a wife. And it says in the text that, the one that finds a wife finds good. He obtains favor from God. That is, he, he finds a successful uh, place. He finds gain or goodwill. He finds satisfaction or delight. There, there's the benefit of, uh, of the wife from God. I, I would want to remind ourselves today, our families, designed, created, and expressed by God, are God's good for us. They really are good for us. Uh, Genesis 2.18, and I flipped by that too quickly, but Genesis 2.18 says, It is not good that man would be alone. I will make a helper comparable for him. The word good here is the same word used in Proverbs chapter 18. It's, it's something, someone that is uh, of benefit or of welfare to me. 
So I have to remind myself, and Pastor Jason early today, I think was doing an Instagram with the, with the teenagers, and especially teenagers. I, I hope you hung with us for our ABC at Home ministry. It is such a battle today because the culture around us tells us that to know God, to know Christ, and to live for Christ, that's basically the way to ruin all your fun, to experience the opposite of good. But, but I want you to understand that our families, designed, created, and expressed by God, are God's good for us. The very best that we can experience is to experience family as God has designed it, as God has created it, as He has expressed that in His Word. And I would say uh, further that joy is found in what God determines as good. I know that many of you probably think that Miss Debbie and I are old fuddy-duddies, that we're ancient. I know my grandchildren, when I ask them, how old do you think uh, Papa really is? Uh, they come up with some absurd notion in their, in their mind because to them I am literally ancient. But, but we would say, those of us who have been around the block a few times, who have known Christ, who have worked by God's grace, not perfectly certainly, but we've worked by God's grace to build a life based upon the truth of the Word of God, that, that we would say we have discovered the will of God to be good. It is acceptable. It is perfect. And I would say further that departure from God's design is always to our bad. It, it's always to our detriment. I, I know we have uh, collegians that aspire someday to be married. And, and sometimes there's delay in God identifying the person that he would have for your life mate. It's always better to be patient and marry well than to marry early, uh, uh, foolheartedly, and to experience the, the tragedy of a family not ordered based upon the word of God. You see, joy is found in what God determines as good. And it's pretty simple. One woman, one man for life. It's defined by God. And, and, and yet it's both hard and pleasurable. I'm not sure that I understood first when, when, when Debbie and I were married now 44 years ago, almost 44 years ago, the essence of that it really is hard work to be a good husband. It's really hard work to be a, a good family. But there's such joy in a family as good defined by God. A, a couple of commentators, one recent and one old, had quite a little bit to say about this. And let me just read a, a couple of snippets from their writing. Uh, Alan Ross wrote this, A good marriage is a good gift from God. Uh, he says, Whoso finds a wife... Uh, or could be broadened as a good marriage. Whoever finds a good marriage finds good. The word good describes what is pleasing to God, beneficial to life, and abundantly enjoyable. Another wrote of this, an older commentator, Charles Bridges, wrote in his commentary on the book of Proverbs. He said, If in a state of innocence it is not good for man to be alone, much more in a world of care and trouble, Two are better than one for mutual support, for helpfulness and sympathy. The good thing implies 
uh, godliness and fitness. Godliness is found when we marry in the Lord. He further writes of those that might be tempted to marry outside of the Lord. He said, the unequal yoke with unbelievers, the union for life of a child of God with a child of Satan is a most awful anomaly. Is she, the unbeliever, he writes, a fair Philistine? Why is it not the deformity of soul more powerful to dissuade us than the beauty of the face to allure us? And, and Charles Bridges really draws us there to look beyond physical beauty, look to the beauty of godly character. He later writes, he says, This gift he will obtain not as the result of fortune or as a proof of his own wise discernment, but as Adam received his wife from the Lord, it is a token of divine favor. He who finds a wife finds good, and he obtains favor from the Lord. I, I would remind you that God designed the family for His glory and for our good. God designed the family and made provision for men and women in the institution of marriage. And it's really simple. One man, one woman for life. No matter the current craze in society, whether it be the LGBTQI agenda, no, no matter the contemporary uh, cultural wisdom regarding marriage relationships, uh, even now the so-called fluidity of sexual identity, seeing sexual identity not as a matter of biology, but rather as a social construct. No matter the call which we hear to assert personal rights, uh, it, God's design for the family is for His glory and for our good. God designed that and made provision for all humanity in the institution of marriage, one woman and one man for life. Now to distill some of those ideas from Genesis 2 and from Proverbs 18, some simple ideas, for most being alone is not good. Uh, now God has given to some the gift of singleness and we should never disparage that. But most of us really can't get along properly without a spouse, without a me, without a wife. God, specifically by our spouse and more generally in our family, gives favor to us. Humanity, men and women, you see, were not meant to be alone. We were made for fellowship. It's part of the difficulty that we've had uh, having to uh, meet remotely, to, to meet online because we don't have the opportunity to to, to be together and to have the communion because that's, that's how God created humanity that we would enjoy that communion and certainly that's true within the context of our family. God gave us that design of family as an earthly intermediate address of our need for fellowship, for community, for communion, for love and certainly to be drawn into relationship with Him as our God and Savior. God's provision and order for our family is good. And His provision of what is pleasant and desirable for us is seen in His Word. I would look at a couple things, and you'll have to do some study, some pursuit of this on your own, but I'll give you quick four things that come from the text that our ladies read for us today. The good of God's design 
for His glory and our good is seen in some very practical ways. It's seen in God's provision of one man who loves his wife like Christ loved the church and treats her as exceedingly precious. And I wish I could pause, speak to all of the men for a little while, or maybe even the teenage boys as they aspire uh, to becoming someday a, a, a godly husband. That the good of God's design is seen in God's provision of a man who loves his wife like Christ loved the church and treats her as exceedingly precious. There's a story I ran across a while ago that perhaps helps us. It's taken from that text in Colossians chapter 3. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. It's a, a doctor named Richard, Richard Selzer. Who, who told the story of standing before a hospital bed where a, a young woman was recovering from surgery. Her, her mouth is twisted. A facial nerve connected to her mouth muscles had been severed. Uh, her deformity would be permanent. To remove a tumor in, his, in her cheek, the nerve had to be cut. Her husband, also there in the post-op room, stood opposite her bed the young wife asked, Will my mouth always be like this? The reluctant answer from the doctor is yes. She nods silently, but her husband smiles and says, I like it. It's kind of cute. He then bent down to kiss her crooked mouth, twisting his own lips to accommodate hers to show them her that their kiss still worked that's a that's a loving husband who loves his wife like Christ loves the church and considers his wife as exceedingly valuable time does not permit to look at it today but first peter 3 7 every husband ought to ought to chisel that upon their brain uh, you, you husbands, likewise, live with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor to them as to the weaker vessel. Treat them as exceedingly precious. Uh, secondly, the good of God's design for His glory is seen in God's provision of one woman who willingly submits to her husband, responding to her husband just as Christ does the church. And that taken from Colossians 3, 18, wives Submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. No matter the egalitarian call of society, even within the evangelical church, no matter the sinful abuses, by the way, even of some particularly uh, 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 ungodly husbands, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And then thirdly, the good of God's design is seen in God's provision of parents who wisely disciple their children with grace, raising a generation of mature followers of Christ. Colossians 3.21, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. And then, lastly, the good of God's design for His glory and for our good is seen in God's provision of children who grow to know and love God at the feet of their parents honoring their parents in respect and service for as long as they live. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Yet I hear the call, the, the perverse call of my heart. 
It's the call of the tempter way back in Genesis 3 to Eve. We hear him ask Eve. We hear him ask ourselves, Yea, has God said, Is God's will really good? Is it worth the work, the sacrifice, the setting aside of personal desire? Uh, Satan says, You ought to assert yourself. Here, eat from this fruit. Here, don't follow the word of God regarding family. Do your own thing. Eat from this fruit. God's will really is not good. It will spoil your life. He'll try to keep you from experiencing real joy. But flee from the tempter, we must. For God designed the family for his glory and for our good.